Hello and welcome to Divine Enigma, a podcast that talks about how to navigate through the complexities of the workplace as a modern day professional, whilst also having a side hustle simultaneously. We appreciate all of our audience members for taking some time out of their day to tune into another episode and look forward to providing you all with some value through our show today. My name is Sarah and I will be your host for the podcast. This podcast will be available on all platforms where you can find podcasts, including Spotify, Amazon and Apple Podcasts. I hope you enjoy today's show. Hey, Reina. Welcome to Divine Enigma. I hope you're happy to be on this podcast today. Um, Tell us about yourself. Introduce us to the listeners. um, Or if you're looking at this on the um, video podcast, Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and yeah, welcome to Divine and Edma. <laughs> hey, Sarah, thank you. It's such an honor and pleasure to be here. Um, see, universe works its wonders. <laughs> so I'm really, really looking forward to having this chat with you. Uh, my name is Raina Lundzis, and I am a firecracker entrepreneur. I'm a mother of four. I'm in my third year of my doctoral degree in film studies. And every single project that I work on, I enjoy and I love and I have passion for. So I would like today to speak about um, equality, diversity, the oneness, the divine beings that we are all within. And um, yeah, let's see where we go. (laughs) So um, I want to ask you a bit more about your your entrepreneurial life and about yourself. So... Because we have a podcast that focuses on neurodivergent conditions, um, do you do you yourself have a neurodivergent condition? If you do, tell us what it is, if you're happy to disclose that with me. And also, how does that, um, if you do have it, how does that kind of impact you in your entrepreneurial um, lifestyle and how you manage that? <laughs> it's an amazing question. <laughs> Thank you. So, um I have not been diagnosed with a specific diagnosis. I certainly see traits in myself um, from ADHD. Um, But at this stage, I'm not even self-identifying with something specific for the reason that I don't want to put a label on me. Mm. And I'll tell you a little bit more why um, at this state I'm I'm stancing and I'm coming from this position. Mm. Um, In my entrepreneurial life, which started probably... The self-development journey started probably about three years ago, more consciously. And then last year in February, I opened my business, which is um, my limited company, Rhina Arts. And from that, um, as I have been trying to improve the quality of my life so it can have a positive impact on my children, on my family, on the area where we live, in our community, and then society as a whole, Um, I have committed to shining my light and walking my talk by diligently and consciously living. So from that place, um, I kind of turned into the self-education industry and helping people through their self-image. So this is where my journey started, um, literally looking at myself in the mirror saying, Raina, I love you and like laughing my head out <laughs> because it's so uncomfortable, you know, to accept yourself with everything that you come with, you know, all your positive things, all your uh, virtues and, and all the negatives or all the shadow. And, you know, we all have these aspects within ourselves and it has been a journey and it still is, I say, even to this day. And I think, as we go in life, probably this is going to be a thing that happens over and over again. It's a conscious choice that you mm. live. Where do you choose to live from emotionally? And it's a choice to live this conscious life. So I've been working a lot on my self-image. Um, and this is where I turned then into helping people with their self-image. So one of the projects that I work on through my entrepreneurial spirit is Inner Vision Transformational Journey, which is a collaborative work with um, fellow beautiful soul. His name is Ruan Koetze. 
Nah, good that right. Uh, wrong. <laughs> Ruan, I'm so sorry. It's Ruan Kutsia. <laughs> He's based in South Africa. And we started um, Inner Vision Transformational Journey last year. Um, about September, a lot of work has been going in because he's a visionary coach and I'm working on self-image. So we decided to merge these two realms. And this is how this goes now. It's um, in my entrepreneurial um, spirit and then business, I come from a place of service. And how can I be of service to every single person who is attracted to me so they can get a better quality of their life and they can start walking their talk so it's like a Mexican wave effect basically (laughs) so why was self-image such an important aspect of something that you wanted to focus on because I when I think of self-image in like the era that the the era that we live in is all about Instagram how you know this um I guess brand that we have of ourselves and how we want to be perceived by the world so I'm just wondering why self-image and what what spoke to you about that in particular, that area of, of interest. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So why self-image? Because um, for me, authenticity, it's a very, very important um, thing. And um, I believe that authenticity is this part of yourself where you show up as you and you're going to behave like this with yourself, but you're going to be the same person with your partner, with your children, with every single one of the other people that you are communicating with. You're going to be that integral person who is going to be authentic. Now, this is really interesting because we had this conversation with my um, PhD supervisor (laughs) and uh, we talk about authenticity quite a lot because um, I have created a new film movement as part of my PhD thesis, which is called situational film movement. So instead of giving my actors a script, I give them situations, I put them in situations and I tune them into the best version of themselves through meditation before filming. And then I encourage them to create their own dialogue. So they act from a place of authenticity. And for different people, authenticity means different things. Um, For me, as I told you, it's this thing that you are integral all throughout the board. You are not a different person. And this Mm. is what I'm kind of exploring. So self-image was something that me as a person, I think probably I had such a, not really low self-esteem, but probably I was not accepting myself. I was Mm. not accepting my body. You know, I had this image of myself um, after I had my, Two, three children probably you know at this stage I was like I'm a mother of three I'll never get fit like you know I have a big <laughs> bone and all these excuses that we make on this basis <laughs> until it was really like uh, okay hold on a minute now who am I and I am it's such a powerful statement if you think yeah. about it because whatever you think about yourself you become I am you mm-hmm. know so it was a journey of okay who I am not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this was part of peeling off the untruths about me to reach to this authentic point where you just flow through your day, you know? You Mm -hmm. are in such a high vibrational frequency. Mm -hmm. You are just pure joy and bliss and abundance and you just feel it, you know? It's like, wow, absolutely amazing. And I think... At core, I do believe that we all are, you know, it doesn't matter our background, where we come from, religious beliefs, nothing, none of this matter. Because at core, in deep, deep, deep within, when you quiet the monkey mind and when you drop the untruths, when you drop all this conditioning, when you drop this generational trauma, whatever you have carried through, Mm -hmm. you would feel it. It is the most amazing feeling that one can experience and maybe not on a consistent basis, you know, state of enlightenment. There is a lot of um, literature out there, particularly like uh, like Michael Singer's um, Untethered Soul Mm. uh, teachings around this. But it is a choice. Where do you want to live? You know, being happy, being grateful. I sometimes sit there and I'm like, so grateful that I breathe, you know, take your breath in. 
<laughs> and take it out. I mean, we are alive. How amazing is this, right? <laughs> yeah. I think when you're talking to me, it kind of resonates with me because I was happened just literally before I got on this podcast with you, I was speaking to one of my oldest friends. And we're at that stage of life where we're now moving to 40. So I'm, I turned 39 this month. So last week was my birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) But I turned 39 and I was like, whoa, like I had to just literally like fit in my head. How did I get to this point? I remember when I was at school getting Shout it out by my mom to find find where my school shoes were. And now I'm here. How did I get from that point to here? And it feels like it just went so quickly. Um, but going back to being your true authentic self and having that actualization of who you are, sometimes what I find is as a neurodivergent person, so I have ADHD and dyslexia, I find a lot of the time it's hard to be my true authentic self and I guess that comes from a place of um of of being in 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 an environment that sometimes you can't be yourself completely and it's something that you're beaming to be so much and I thought by this age like hopefully maybe by next year that I would be like my true self but sometimes I feel that there are times I can be myself and sometimes I there are times I can't truly be myself and it's like a battle like I'm battling to be this Mm. this true Sarah this is the person I want to see everyone to see and this other part that I have to conform the environment that I work in or I've always worked in is always been the corporate world and there are certain protocols and behaviors you have to present yourself as as a corporate being or a corporate worker or whatever they want to refer to you as and you just have to conform to this image you can't be yourself completely and sometimes I wish the workplace would embrace although they say they embrace bring your true self to work the reality is that not everybody's ready to accept you for who you are so particularly so much Mm-hmm. Particularly me being a woman of colour, so being a black woman and also having a neurodivergent condition, a lot of the time I'm having to navigate this situation of having to code switch and, you know, em- emulate the environment I am in just to fit in. And you think by the, I think from when you're young, particularly when you're a teenager or when you're 20, you always have to do that in a way because you're trying to move up the career ladder. But I, I've got to this stage in my life that I don't think I want to do that anymore. It's very exhausting. Um, and this is probably part of the reason I'm on this journey as well. I'm still growing as well. I'm on this journey as well. This is why I've done this podcast. Because I feel this podcast is the, is the first time I've really got to be myself and just express myself. I'm meeting so many wonderful people like yourself, learning from all of you and pick, taking certain aspects of those um of those gems of wisdom and using that to help me just be authentic to who I am. So it's still something I'm kind of grappling with, but I know like when I get to that feeling, I can imagine that feeling of being myself. Because when I have been myself where I'm at home, this is me. Like I'm like, cool, I love this. But I know tomorrow when tomorrow comes and that <laughs> we've got the bank holiday over, I have to go back to this other person, which it's always like I'm I'm trying to disguise and I hate it because it's it, it's it's how the corporate world expects you to be. But that self-actualization and that self like joy you get from being your authentic self is so freeing. And I want to be where you are. I'm still growing there and still getting that. This podcast is helping me get there. But um sometimes I find these podcasts almost like very sessions sometimes. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, amazing. You know yeah. what? I I relate so much to everything yeah. that you said. And yeah. so I, at the moment I find myself that I'm, um, as I'm doing my doctoral degree and yeah. I went to a, like an academic um, conference the other day and I couldn't fully be myself exactly for that reason that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> clearance on the throat chakra there you go <laughs> um 
I I do believe that we don't have to fight under a place mm-hmm. um, under the sun uh, for a place under the sun. Um, I mean, we all have come here for a purpose and a reason that is bigger than ourselves, you know, and it's ultimately serving. So sometimes in life, I think we experience things like we, because our lights are so powerful, we find ourselves going to places where it's most needed. So even if it's feeling like it's so much out of alignment, there is certainly a reason for why you are there at this uh, time. Now, when we get to the point where, and again, this is the journey on a daily basis, and that's why it's just to embrace the journey. You know, and this morning I was thinking, it's a new day, and it's like, although there is some continuity in life, it's like, what do you do today, actually, you know, to be a better version of you, to serve more, to be more truth to, to who you are, and to just enjoy, and, and be, and this is just enjoy, be in this pure joy. As you say, this is Sarah, she's like enjoying herself. Wow, this is what you <laughs> like to do, rather than being somewhere someone who you know there's no judgment or criticism there are people for every train you know but it's just if this is something that you like and you love definitely pursue it Mm. you know in whatever you're gonna it's gonna unfold in front of you so um yeah what i was thinking (laughs) this is um it's very high vibrational you know energy Mm. that we have entered in so it's really exciting um I say to people, and I see people masking all the time, um, mm-hmm. on the um, project that I work on, which is called Evolution Film, which is for um, addressing mental health and disability quality in the film industry. It started as a small project, which was funded by the British Academy Innovation Fellowship. And I'm one of the founding members, and I organized the events for this project. Um, it got as extended for another year, so it's a couple of years now. And we have a conference coming on the 19th of July. We oh. have built an extensive network of people. We are over four continents now, and most of the people from our network are neurodivergent, either self-identified or with diagnosis, autistic, dyslexic, absolutely amazing people, people of color, LGBTQ, um, and my, I think where I came from as we were expanding this project, because I'm coming from Bulgaria originally, I was thinking this is so much need in the world to create this space where you are welcome for who you are. You might have never had the opportunity in your life to be your true self because you you all the time had to mask so you fit somewhere. So come and join us. So we like we accept you as you are. Amazing creative people. Um, unfortunately, at the moment, and this is changing, and it's a slow change. And I appreciate this slow change, even though sometimes I'm thinking, why is it so slow? The change, you know, we must act urgently. <laughs> um, People who are of color or LGBTQ are double or triple discriminated, the research has shown. And this is just ridiculous. We are in 2023. Mm -hmm. This is, okay, I understand, you know. People started realizing that collaboration is the way forward. And, oh, suddenly they get aware that it's not only me, it's we. There are no people out there. Yes, there are. So what do we do to embrace every single one of us gifts and talents rather than criticizing and self-criticism? And I think this is where the core of the problem starts. When we have not done our inward journey of revelation and, and finding who we truly are at core, and we all the time as a single person criticize or judge ourselves we are not going to be open to accept the others as they truly are to not judge them or not criticize them or love them unconditionally we wouldn't because it starts from within if you go and you accept yourself for who you are it doesn't matter what you have done in your life it doesn't absolutely it doesn't matter from the moment that you are aware and from the moment that you take the responsibility 
of you can co-create this amazing life with the universe mm -hmm. as you are the creator in a physical body otherwise you wouldn't be here you are this expression this is the divine that flows through you mm -hmm. unless you turn within and you accept as you come and then you stop criticizing and stop judging yourself you're going to be more open than to accept other people as they come mm -hmm. and you're going to be more accepting of people and coming to the unity and oneness, I am you and you are me. There is no difference in the divinity that flows through us. Yes, we all come with our gifts and talents, which is amazing, and we can embrace each other and just cheer for each other. There is no point of, you know, sitting there and, and, and just criticizing and judging, like, what is how constructive is this? It's so yeah. destructive, right? <laughs> I wanted to talk a bit more about your project. So what inspired you um, to start this project? Um, you talked a little bit about how far you've gone into the project, but let, let us um, understand a little bit more for the listeners about what the project is involved, who's involved in it, um, what, what does that mean? And you're talking, you've talked about a number of different, I guess, diversity groups that are a part of the project. So, yeah, go into a bit more detail about that yes. for us. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So Evolution Film <clears throat> was founded by Professor Jason Lee from the Montfort University and Terry Bamber, who is a film director from the um, UK film industry. He's worked on blockbusters such as Bond, Fast and Furious, um, a bit older films like the 101 Dalmatians. Um, so he's been like second assistant director or first assistant director. And um, then they went... Professor Jason Lee got that funding from the British Academy. He invited me to join them and help them out with um, the event organizations. So we started it this way. Um, it started as screenwriting, uh, filling the screenwriter skills gap, as there was identified um, gap in the industry for screenwriters. Um, and then through equality in mental health and disability. Now, the latest research, um, there was one made from um, film and TV charity, Looking Glass 2022. It shows that nine out of 10 people in the film industry are either struggling from mental health or disabled. Um, now, some of them are still not sharing or disclosing that this is the case because of the stigma around this. Mm -hmm. So I started getting interested in what is the situation in the rest of Europe. And <laughs> I try to approach people from Bulgaria, for example, in the film industry. And I say, well, how, what do you do about, you know, people who are disabled or they have mental health? And so far I'm hitting a brick wall. They say we don't have any people who are disabled, have mental health, which is <laughs> for me, you know, it's just not... Probably I need to look further, you know. <laughs> but the the fact that we can create a space of acceptance, and then you know, it's um, we had workshops who were run by uh, Justin Edgar, one of four films, which is the um, uh, pioneering UK disability quality um, company. And we had um, people from the writers' um, union. The, I have to uh, see what is it called. Um, Writers Guild, I think, um, that they spoke about, um, you know, how, what are the rights for the writers. We had the, the, our very first shop was on neurodiversity and how we address this. And uh, we are meeting basically the industry and academia somewhere in the middle. So we are no longer two separate bodies. As we are training and we are lecturing, people in the university so they can go to the industry my belief is that we need to merge and, and meet in in the middle so we can make this work you know so everybody can be included and there is plenty of jobs out there for um, film creatives behind and in front of the camera so <laughs> we just want to you know embrace this equality so it is fair for everybody I mean even, I don't know whether you have seen the BAFTAs this year, there was no person of color in any category, no, which no. was, again, one thing that it was very fascinating and interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
that has been there going is on still a lot of, of years i've noticed and also yeah. the oscars as well well there was actually a person of color in the oscars that won um an oriental lady she won um she won the first oriental work person to ever win an oscar so um that that was the only one we had for the oscars but um yeah there's always been that issue of not enough people of color um getting awards so yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so it's slowly changing and you know the uh, the data shows that there is a little small change in the percentage which again i'm thinking why is it so small you know it's almost okay maybe on the bigger picture probably makes such a difference but it is still very slow progress as well and mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a bit bigger you know it's urgent so we meet that um, i mean you see yourself and, and I find traits within me, you know, we are highly creative people. Um, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> one of my beliefs is that because there is, um, if we go it on an energetic level, because the frequency of the creation is so much higher. So you almost have a direct access to create something out of nothing. Mm. Um you just kind of struggle to fit in here. So probably you're going to have some kind of mental health because you cannot match the frequency that we live in right now. Probably, you know, on an energetic level, I do believe that this is the case. So it's not Mm -hmm. the case of, oh, you have bipolar, you have depression, you have ADHD, this is your shortcoming, you cannot fit in and that's it, you're an outsider. No, because Mm -hmm. there are places where the people who are struggling in in an environment that has not been that has not been supportive there are places where they thrive in so it is possible right yeah of course the the thing with I, when I think about mental health and obviously having a neurodivergent condition is I think what it is is even within the film industry when mental health is presented it's not always presented in a a nuanced way so in a sense that sometimes when you see someone who has a mental health issue there's always this sense of like sometimes you'll see women who are oh she's a crazy woman and they use that sense of this woman's crazy and it's normally in a sense of a woman maybe coming after a guy that doesn't want her or some silly storyline they have or somebody who's rocking back and forth and they're not normal and I think there's a lot more nuance to mental health issues because you can have good mental health and bad mental health and there are people that maybe they could be suffering from depression but they don't present it so I I could be talking to you like the way I'm talking to you now and I could be being depressed I I could be crying but I am high functioning a high functional um manic depressive person or bipolar person so you wouldn't know so sometimes um I think there was a a famous guy who used to work on the Ellen Ellen DeGeneres show called Twitch and he committed suicide and people were just shocked but he actually had depression he had bipolar and he was a high functioning um person with Uh, bipolar disorder so when he was on screen he was you know he was happy he was joyful he presented himself as someone who's he's got it all together but behind the scenes he was literally you know dying inside he didn't want to live and um, I think mental health can't be just one or the other it has to there has to be more nuance to it because you could look at someone and think they're fine and what's going on in that person's mind the darkness that's in their their mind you might not know because they're having maybe suicidal thoughts but you would never know because they present themselves so happy so I think sometimes the film industry I would say for a long time just presented mental health in a in a very negative light and there was not enough context and nuance about it I think films are doing it better now um but I feel like even if you are an actor or actress I'm not an expert on this but even if you're an actor or actress I just I know that the people need to look at mental health as just the same way that maybe you cut your arm or something happened to you. It's just internal; you can't see it. It's just it just needs treatment. It needs to be managed in the same way that you would manage any kind of illness in your body. But there's like this 
because for so many years that stigma, oh, that person's crazy. Even yeah. when you see someone on the road and they're begging for money, you're just automatically, oh, he's crazy, don't go near him. And you're mm-hmm. taught that as children to stay away from the crazy guy or wherever. And there, there has to be more nuance to that because it's mm-hmm. mental health is not always that. That's the picture of mental health. Um, yeah. And Absolutely. I think, yeah, people had more understanding about it. I guess there wouldn't be so much stigma. I think people have to be comfortable, especially if you're in the workplace, to say to your manager, I suffer from depression. And sometimes I just need a few minutes to recollect my thoughts. Is that okay? Rather than being made to feel like there's something wrong with you or you could go crazy at any moment and do yeah. something mad to everybody, which is not, sometimes it, like, that is the case, but many times it's not the case. It's just that yeah. you could have down moments and that could be, a form of depression where you need to manage that and that could be managed through meditation sometimes you have to take medication as well to manage that as well and that's also fine and that shouldn't be stigmatized yeah. so that's what I thought I would say that on, on mental health I think it's just there has to be more nuance and discussion around it because mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with taking antidepressants if you need it to function and you shouldn't be made to feel I remember I had a guy on this podcast previously and he um suffers from ADHD and he was telling me that um basically that he works in the mental health he works as a mental health nurse and one of the mental health nurses actually came for him and said how how could you bring antidepressants on this premises and he was literally told off for having his medication and made to feel small because he's taken antidepressants and it's like I said, really? It's like now that wouldn't happen, but for a yeah. long time that was a stigma. So I yeah. think I think a lot of the time you need to have more nuance and more nuanced discussions about mental health because it's not necessarily. I don't view it as a bad thing necessarily. I think it's just it's just like any any illness you have in your body, you just need to treat it accordingly and treat it according to what you need for whatever type of mental health issue you're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, there has been a lot of stigma and there has been this stigma has been going on for a long, long time, you know. And sometimes it's important to look at the language that we use. Do we use mm-hmm. languages, oh, I'm so depressed when you are just slightly sad? Yeah. You know, have we overrated mental health in a negative way? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are different Things has been going on, such as, you know, people getting um, benefits, if you want, or um, because of exaggeration of mental health. Or, um, I mean, I'm not a medical professional, and this by no means is a medical statement. Um, But my belief from what I have seen is that, um, you know, look within, um, obviously, Medication is something extra that could or could not help. It depends on you, depends on your situation. It's all, you know, depends personal on you. But like, look within, you know, what do you need? Um, And just this healing and like remission of these conditions are, it's possible. It's possible. There is plenty of research out there that remission is possible. I really like Dr. Joe Dispenza's work. I think I mentioned it to you when we had a chat before. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I really like this, you know, way of seeing things. And it's this is very important as well on a self-healing journey that you are on, or we all are, <laughs> aren't we, really? Yeah, we are. You know, to see what we like to to create in our lives. And um, there has been this thing about responsibility and whose responsibility is your mental health. And mm-hmm. the same way how your physical health is your responsibility, you know well that if you don't feed your body with nutritious food and, you know, live food like fruits and vegetables and um, mm-hmm. something that is going to fuel you up. And if you don't go to the gym, um, your body is not going to feel great. You're not going to be fit if you consume mm-hmm. too much alcohol and if you don't consume water and if you smoke and all that stuff, you know, you know that your body is not going to react great. So whose responsibility is your mental health, you know? I I don't agree in some way of putting the onus on one person to deal with anything wrong with you. I think we need to 
turn away from this it's you and come into more it's us and have more of a community aspect of helping others you know I think for a long time one thing I find about being in the UK and I I really noticed it very differently when I went back home to Africa the difference between when someone in our community is sick everybody is like they say it. They say it in my mom's language. I don't speak tree, but everybody's sick, so we're going to help that person to make sure they are better. We yeah. see ourselves as a community. The problem with, I guess, the UK and maybe other Western countries is that if you are sick, it's your fault. So you need to go sort it out yourself. If you mm-hmm. don't go to gym, it's not not it's your fault because you're not taking care of your body. But sometimes you might not have that strength to do it yourself. And that's why I always say, like, if you can't do it yourself, have an accountability body, have somebody, someone, even just one person that you can go to. Like, for example, I'm, I've got issues with my weight. I know a friend that she wants to lose weight. Let's go to the gym together. Let's not just focus on ourselves. Let's help each other out. Or, you know, I'm not very good with eating food. OK, let me come over to your place and I'll cook for you. Or I'll come over to your place and you cook for me. And that was like, you know, it would be like when I was, in Ghana, like my auntie would stop, oh, out of the come, come out of the car, they'll have a child. Are you okay? How's your kids? Yeah, I'll look after your kids. It's just like everyone's helping one another. Oh, and okay. it's never a case of mm-hmm. you're you, it's all on you. Like we need each other as human beings. And that's what I feel like this that's missing. And that's why I feel there's a lot of mental health issues in the in the Western world compared yeah. to maybe countries like Africa or countries continents like Africa and Asia where they have more of a community um and people are responsible for one another's well-being a lot of the time especially in London you could be living in the state and you might not even know your next door neighbor literally you you don't even talk to them other than oh I've got your post you've got my post and that's it maybe that's as far as your conversation goes and I think I, I really I feel even during the pandemic, it was even more highlighted where yep. people are just within themselves. So I feel in my, in, I don't think it's good to say it's your responsibility because sometimes mm-hmm. you might not have the strength to mm-hmm. take on everything. But if you have other people around you, it mm-hmm. helps. Like it does help. Like that. that's just my viewpoint. Yeah. That's what I view it as. Yeah, um, yeah. I totally, I totally agree with you. So, um, Maybe I had to clarify, I probably need to clarify. This is yeah, a good, yeah. uh, you know, this is a good <laughs> thing that, that happened to bring the conversation in. Yeah. So it's not from a space of taking a blame or blaming yourself yeah. or blaming somebody else. It's from a space of, I take the ownership mm-hmm. of everything that happens around me. So I create my reality or I co-create my reality. So therefore mm-hmm. I have a choice. So if I feel like I'm in struggle, if I feel that I'm feeling a little bit sad, the community aspect is really important, you know? So mm-hmm. we hold space within inner vision transformational journey for people to transform. So we are holding this space for them so they can mm-hmm. come through. We have open mic every Friday at 12 o'clock or sometimes the time changes, but we have the Discord server where we have our community built. And it's been really amazing because people share what is on their hearts. So we hold this space of transformation and, and supporting them in that. So from the moment where, say, for example, you realize, oh, I'm sad. Okay. I'm owning this. Okay. I'm sad. What can I do to help myself? Mm-hmm. So from this space of, so we're not sitting there and blaming ourselves or sitting there in a victimhood and saying, okay, this is, it's my fault. No, not like this. You take responsibility from the moment you take responsibility, you ca- you have a choice. Then what can you do to help yourself? And things, as you mentioned, their meditation, um, you know, and sometimes you don't have the capacity, of course, and that is okay. Mm-hmm. It's what do you do in this at this time if you don't have the capacity to go and to push yourself to smash yourself in the gym, for example. <laughs> yeah. You go and have a chat with a friend, or mm-hmm. I mean, even we have this kind of responsibility and duty of care for ourselves first. And, and me as a mother now, um, as a heart of a mother, I would say it's so, so important, you know, and like being there for the children or being there for yourself first, filling your cup first, you know? So I have this thing that I do with my children 
every night now we do this. What are you grateful for? We have it even in the morning. I asked them, what are you grateful for? Like my nearly four-year-old, she says to me, I'm grateful for my teacher. This is like really amazing. Or in the night before they go to bed, we start thanking all the parts of our body. You know, mm-hmm. thank you stomach for digesting. Thank you mouth for speaking nice words. Thank you ears for listening and all that stuff, you know, which is like really empowering for them. We never had this. I never had this when I was growing up, you know, mm-hmm. it was not this kind of relationship, which I can provide for my children. And I can provide every single one of the people who are attracted to work with me in any kind of way, you know, in my space. Mm-hmm. That empowerment, it's so important. We all have it within ourselves, but if I, I do believe that, you know, going back to mental health just quickly, <laughs> that um, if you sit so much in struggle and this struggle kind of become becomes part of your self-image, it becomes almost part of you where you're not even aware that you are in this struggle, but this has become your way of living. But even though this is the case, you are sitting there and you are, especially when, you know, depression, you can treat depression. I mean, Again, um, this is, I encourage the listeners, take anything that you resonate with, with yeah. you, that this can help you. If you don't resonate with the things that I'm saying, just leave them behind. Your your mind is going to pick up the things that you need to hear from this talk with Sarah. Um, <laughs> there, What if there is a different way of being? And if you go on another level deeper within you and you ask yourself what if I can be different and I can be better and I can create a life for myself with the things that I desire and what if I focus on the things that I desire rather than focus on the thing that I do not want in my life yeah and what if I start getting guidance and, and following these small baby steps? Crawling is still a progress, remember? Mm. And give yourself so much compassion. What if I can create this life for myself? You have a duty of care for your own being to honor the divinity that you are within. Dropping all the criticism, dropping all the judgment, dropping all the struggle. Because you are not your thoughts or your emotions. Mm. You are not your traumas. You are not your ancestral trauma that you're carrying. It's so heavy. Mm. I encourage you, drop it right now as you're listening. What if there is a different way of being? Yes. I, I, I really resonate with that. I feel like a lot of us, we do carry a lot of... Um, particularly people that are neurodivergent, they carry lots of trauma and rejection and a, a heavy burden to, to carry with that as well. And then rejection as well, in terms of feeling afraid to be rejected and not being yourself. I, I know a lot of neurodivergents I've come across um, know that burden that they carry, but it is important that we can offload that and be free and be completely uh, completely true to oneself. You don't want to be walking in regret and, and hoping that you could be your true self and live the life that you really want to live and be free in that. It's, it's difficult for many, depending on their situation. But I do believe that when we're born as babies, we, we're not thinking about um, what other people think. We just we just want to be ourselves and get what we want. And we're true to ourselves. And somewhere along the line, we become adults. All that gets, you get told you can't do this. You shouldn't be like this. Don't say that. Not Don't present yourself like that. Don't, you know, don't be around this person. And um, you're not allowed to be your true self. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that really resonates with me. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I mean, and, and yeah. I sometimes have this, you know, on a daily basis where I would compare myself to somebody else. Then I'm going to come back to me and I'm going to be like, okay, mm. what are you doing, Raina? Compare yourself to where you were yesterday. Mm. Small baby steps in the right direction. It's so important. Does it matter what somebody said or what somebody would think? As long as you are integral and you are truth with what you believe and what makes you happy, 
the other people's opinion is none of your business, you know? That's so right. <laughs> <laughs> it is none of your business. I, I know one of my my friends always says this to me, like, um, I I used to be very much about, oh, what would they think about me if I do this or if I say this? And my friend used to say, what people think about you is none of your business. Just be yourself. Be you. And I'm like, okay. And I always remember that, actually. And, and Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know what, Sarah? It's, <laughs> you don't have to be a status. You don't have to yeah. be somebody that you're expected to be. You don't have to be. You are just you enough. You, you enough. are yeah. enough as you are with your beautiful light, with mm-hmm. your shortcomings, with your the truth of you, with your authenticity, with the divinity absolutely amazing magnificent being you are enough for just being here breathing trust me you are enough and every single one of us and yes we have to mask because of a b and c reason but what if we drop this mask what if we are truth you know bare naked for who we are how what life is gonna be then you know What one key takeaway um, can the listeners get from your project, number one? And also, how can this relate to people that may have ment- a mental health issue or a neurodivergent condition? How can they, what can they get from the project that you're producing? What, what, what can they, how would they benefit from that? And how would they learn from it or grow from it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're asking about evolution film, right? Yeah. So you are not broken. We accept you as you come with all your creativity. And we are here to facilitate the space where you are going to thrive. This is what evolution film is about. I would encourage you, if you are a creative, whether this is film or any other creative arts behind or in front of the camera, a screenwriter, exploring to be a screenwriter, or you even want to just come and join and support this cause, support this movement that we are creating, come and join us. Come and see what it is all about. We have events coming up on the 3rd of May, um, in which where we, ha- we have uh, Six Foot from the Spotlight, um, which is a UK film company, a well-being facilitators on set, And we also have Organic in the same workshop, which is the UK biggest film PR company. And then on the 19th of July, we have our conference for which we have open format. We accept still call for papers or film projects until the 26th of April. It's going to be in-person and hybrid in the Montfort University, Leicester. And if you... um, Go on our website. I'm sure Sarah is going to put it. It's evolutionfilm.org. You're going to find all the information there. I'll put Come and the, see what... I'll put all the details in the show notes for you to find cool. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Come and join us. We would love to hear from you. We would love to know who you are. Um, equally, if you are somebody who is listening to this and want to collaborate with us, reach out. Let's have a conversation. And um, how can the listeners find out information about yourself if they wanted to contact you? Okay. Um, again, you can follow me on Facebook. It's Raina Lundzis um, on TikTok, um, Power Vibe Club. And I have the best place to go. It's my website, which is Power Vibe Club, powervibe.club. Power Vibe. <laughs> how do you spell that? Power, so P-O-W-E-R. Yeah, power, yeah, P-O-W-E-R, vibe, V-I-B-E, dot club. So www.powervibe. Okay. I'll send you, I'll send you links. Okay, there. just for the for the listeners to have it in the show notes. And yeah. yeah, yeah, that's fine. Follow yeah, you perfect. and um, find information about you. And anything, um, yeah, What it, one last thing I always like to ask at the end is, um, what one thing could you say to um, that positive, to encourage because I feel like for you what can that what can you say to a neurodivergent person 
who may be listening to this podcast, what can you say to encourage them um, every day in terms of them managing? Maybe they might have a side hustle or they're uh, trying to get into the film industry and they're getting injections or even they're just trying to figure out this corporate world they're in. (laughs) That is a brilliant question. Um, My final words of encouragement to you is this is your superpower. This is not your shortcoming. This is the thing that makes you unique and it embraces your gifts and talents. Pursue it. Feel it in your heart. Does it make you feel happy? And you would know the answer, whatever that answer is, that might be even far away from what you're doing right now. Pursue it. It is worth doing it because this is where your strength is going to just make you even flow even even bigger and isn't it this the thing that we are all here for to enjoy this life to embrace ourselves you know to enjoy and and serve our tribe and everybody who are you know <laughs> in our community just yeah. embrace so, yourself what i would say try and live that soft life <laughs> yes <laughs> yes try and live that soft life Reina, it's been amazing having you on Divine Enigma. Um, I think we'll conclude the show today. Um, again, all Reina's details are going to be in the show notes and I'll also put it in the description once we upload this onto YouTube. Um, yeah, Reina, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. You've been an amazing guest. Um, I love everything you have to say. I feel like I had like a slightly bit of a, like a therapy session. I don't know. It just feels like a bit of a therapy session, but I loved it. <laughs> this is absolutely amazing. Sarah, it's been such an honor and pleasure to be your guest here. And I love your words. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's such an honor that this is your feedback. You know, I have fulfilled. This is an amazing day in my life. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to let you know that I'm planning on putting together a six week coaching program for people who are neurodivergent, who want to create, who want to essentially improve their career prospects in general or for those who want to get into project management I'm also offering support to people who want to pass the Prince 2 practitioner exam because I have taken and failed the exam a few times and I would like to help others by showing them how I passed if this sounds interesting to you or you'd like to learn more, please reach out to me directly. The information will be in the show notes. My email address is hello at divineenedmar.org. I also have um, my social media handle, which is Instagram, and that's um, Instagram at divineenedmar. Um, And yeah, that's how you can reach out to me. I'm still... I'm sorry to say, guys, still working on my website, but I will get back to you, back to you as soon as I get my message, as soon as I get your message. I can't get my words out right now, but um, please follow me on all platforms where the podcasts are uploaded. Thank you for listening to Divine Enigma. And if you got to the end, this is a safe place for project managers and professionals to give you the tools and tips on how to navigate the complexity of being neurodiverse in the workplace. I will see you next week. Take care.